Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined again this week by Jay Judd. He's a district manager for the East Denver office of the Davy Tree Expert Company. Today we're talking all about early tree planting. Jay, is there something special or different that you guys do out in the Colorado, Denver area that we wouldn't do here in the east? Yeah, trees out here don't belong here, so they have a a harder time at uh, taking and living and surviving. Um, In certain areas in the Denver Front Range, we're dealing with a lot of clay, but you need to remember we're very dry here too. So when we plant a tree, a homeowner will see the soil on top looking very dry and add more and more and more water, essentially drowning the tree out. They're, they're adding a ton of water to a non-draining pot. So um, that seems to be a, a constant issue that we have with the, um, the trees out here in Denver, trying to plant them with clients. Um, we're also looking at a climate that's super brutal on these young twigs, basically, two and a half inch diameter trees that, you know, we get a frost that comes in and, um, you know, it really hammers them. I think the biggest issue that we see, though, is the sun scalding. We're a mile closer to the sun than, um, you know, most of the most of the country. So what we end up doing is frying our trees when we plant them in these right They get that radiant heat coming off. The pavement, if you've got a brick wall right there, I mean, you're going from a temperature of 20 degrees at night by 9 in the morning, it could be 60 degrees in that little microclimate. Um, So proper planting locations, proper species, proper watering, super important here. So with all that clay soil, what are you doing? How are you looking for a better spot or are you improving the spot where it has to go or both? Yeah, good question. I mean, we're kind of limited to improving the location. Um, The whole yard's probably going to be the same. Uh, Digging your hole much wider than it needs to be, which is common practice in planting, but doing some sort of backfill that's going to allow the soil to stay moist uh, without, you know, over, without drowning the tree, right? So uh, you're able to keep that nice, moist, spongy soil two, three, four feet around the root ball um, and rather than having a sheened off hole that's three inches away from your root ball that's just soaking in, in water. So talk about how you've got to educate your clients when it comes to watering and what role does mulch play in this? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, and so the mulch is going to be super important for holding that moisture in. I don't think that's any different here than other parts of the country, but, um, you know, getting a good mulch layer, making sure it's away from the trunk. We don't want to have a bunch of moisture right there at the root flare, uh, but two to three feet out from, uh, out from that trunk, covering it with mulch two or three inches away from the trunk uh, to hold the moisture in. Um, that also kind of helps prevent uh, some of the weed whacker blight we see or lawnmower blight uh, from crashing into that. So it's got a dual purpose. 
Um, okay, so uh, with with watering, uh, you know, we use a lot of probes. I constantly am suggesting to clients to use a visual soil probe, which are generally pretty cheap on Amazon. Uh, a digital probe might not be accurate. You're basically taking a soil sample, a, a core sample of the soil in that area, because it's 18 inches down, you know, two feet down that we're really worried about, not what's happening right on the surface. So getting a good visual, you could do that with a stick even, you know, and making sure it's not too sloppy down below the surface a couple feet. Um, and then every tree, every location is going to be a little bit different for watering. So monitoring it the first few weeks, gator bags help out with making sure that you're getting proper watering. Um, the biggest issue there is if it's letting too little water come down, it may be evaporating before it gets through that mulch layer. So talk about those gator bags. What is that? Yeah, so this is a bag that's going to hang off the tree. Um, it basically attaches to the lowest limbs. You fill the water, the bag up with water once a week, and it's slowly going to leach out of small holes. Um, you know, a, a small amount of, of water so you're not overwatering it and blasting it all in one shot. Um, they're, they're useful, but the, the right location. They need the right location. And when you're thinking about planting trees this time of the year, would you prefer it be a bigger tree, a smaller tree, or is that, does it matter? And is that a client choice or how do you make that decision? Yeah, no, that, that's another good question. Um, so out here, we like the two to two and a half inch range. Uh, too large of a tree has a hard time establishing. Too small of a tree, you start looking at the climate issues. And if you have a little one inch twig there, it's probably not going to do too good. Uh, when you're looking at these extreme temperature changes that we're seeing later in that first year of planting. And what are some of the trees that you love to plant there that can take this uh, terrible, it sounds like you're planting on the moon, for gosh sakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, ash, we're once a good planter. They did good in the climate, but we've got emerald ash borer here, which we've discussed before. Um, you know, They've started bringing in uh, Kentucky coffee trees, uh, which can be a messy tree and doesn't look great at first. They seem to be doing pretty good with the climate. Um, a pretty popular favorite uh, is going to be an autumn blaze maple for a good shade tree. Uh, we do plant crab apples around here. Uh, that's a good ornamental that does good along with the hawthorn. We do deal with a lot of fire blight, so um, you know, that could be an issue in the future. Unfortunately, there's no great tree to plant that's not going to eventually have a problem with an insect or a disease at some point. Um, because of our soil in many areas, chlorosis, which is basically um, a, a mineral deficiency, um, causing the leaves to turn white or yellowish in the growing season. Um, a lot of the maples do get that here. Uh, oaks can as well. Uh, so, you know, planting up here at uh, a mile above sea level, uh, also known as the moon, is uh, pretty tricky to find the perfect, uh, uh, perfect species. But, you know, we try. <laughs> Jay, it sounds like it's, seriously, it sounds like it's a tough place to be an arborist. Um. It's a fun place to be an arborist because we learn a lot, you know, 
Um, there's a lot of issues out here. Um, you know, we get a chance to do our job and feel good about doing our job and offering stuff. Um, there's never a time that we're discussing with a client something that they need, which they all need something, um, that we don't feel like we could stand by. Um, you know, the, the, the products, you know, can help this stuff and, and, and the plant health care is super important in a place like Denver. So let me ask you a couple more technical questions. Are you supposed to have a stake or stakes when you plant a tree or not? Or does it, again, does it depend? Yeah, I mean, I think up here uh, we do have issues with winds and open areas. So, yeah, staking's good. I think uh, the most common problem uh, with staking, and this is more when a homeowner is planting, is nobody tells them or nobody is monitoring the tree to make sure they take them down. So leaving a stake uh, is going to have two issues. One, if you imagine you've got a crutch that's holding the tree up for four or five years, those roots, yeah, they're developing to be able to uptake nutrients, but they're not developing to hold the tree up because that crutch is there. So it could do the tree a disservice by leaving it on too long. About a year is good. There's debate one to two years. The other big issue is when you're staking, you're putting straps around the trunk of the tree. When you forget about that, now you've got basically a noose for the tree that's choking it off and it could be cause big issues down the line. What are the biggest mistakes that homeowners make when they plant their own tree? Yeah. Um, whole size. So we discussed, you know, two times the size of the root ball. Uh, if they're planting a container, uh, they don't break those roots up. Uh, if you leave that, that container root system, the way it was when it popped out, there's going to be girdling. Those roots are going to continue in the direction. Um, so you want to tease those a little bit before you put it in the hole. When it comes to burlapped and caged trees, um, not removing the cage on the sides and not removing the burlap. Um, and what essentially happens is the same, that just those roots spiral around and you don't have a good structural root system after it's established. And then how about depth? I always hear arborist telling me like oh we went to see this tree and you know the people didn't understand what was wrong and we asked them who planted it and then we looked at it and it's like two inches too deep yeah yep depth's an issue for sure um i think out here we see more of leaving the packaging the material around but absolutely um depth if you plant it too shallow the root system's above ground in a place like here those roots are going to get dry dried out really quick um, you know, you go too deep and you start burying that root flare, which I was saying you want to keep the mulch away from when you put it too deep and cover in soil, you're going to have the same issue as a big, mul a big mulch bed over that root ball. When you plant a tree, I'm assuming that you're, you, you dig that hole the right size, but you have some kind of way that you know that you're only going to have to put that tree in the hole once where I think a homeowner, they're putting it in they're thinking oh that's not then they're pulling it out then they're putting you know how do you measure to make sure it's right when you know what you're doing <laughs> yeah um it's as basic as a shovel handle <laughs> you know we kind of get the depth of the root ball uh with the the shovel and uh you lay another one down just so you get the grade height and then stick your shovel at that height 
Um, you know, it's more measurement. You know, I don't, I think if you're eyeballing it and trying to hope you're going to do good, then you, you probably are going to have to pull that back out. And if it's a big root ball, good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because if it is a big root ball, you, you only want to put it in that hole once. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that root ball will start breaking apart when you're moving it too much once it's out of the packaging. And, and now you have a, a whole nother issue on your hands there where the roots are, may get damaged. So when you put it in the hole, that's the time that you're taking off the cage and the burlap, or you're, you're doing it before you put it in the hole? Correct, after you put it in the hole. Yeah, that's, that's, good. that's a good thing to point out. Yeah, after you get it in the hole, that's going to keep that root ball packaged together during movement. Uh, you want to remove that cage, especially on the sides, and that burlap, cut it off. A container is going to generally be light enough. You can take that off before you get it in the hole. And at what point are we fertilizing a new planted tree? Yeah. Uh, so if you're using a regular fertilizer, you don't want to be throwing that in right away. That could burn the roots, a slow release, something like the fertilizer we use at Davey Arbor Green Pro. That's going to work good. Um, just a little sprinkle in there. Um, after that first year it's been in, you probably don't want to be doing an inject. So sticking a probe in and a high pressure fertilization um, or water uh, could damage the roots and even blow the whatever you've planted, depending on the side, out of the hole. But a slow release is safe. Um, the concern there is going to be you don't want to be burning the roots on the new tree. So let me get this right with the, what is it called? Arbor? Arbor Green Pro. Arbor Green yeah. Pro. Is that a liquid or is that a granular or could it be both? When could you... be both. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to put it in the form of uh, a granular when we're planting. We'll, we'll powder the hole. Um, if you as a homeowner are getting the service, it's going to show up as a liquid. Okay. I get it. Uh, so... Anything else on your list of trees? I want to pick your brain a little bit more about trees because, like you said, they're bringing in species to try and grow in those conditions, which sounds difficult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think from what it looks like, they're trying to bring in species that have a little thicker bark um, that can deal with these climate issues. I think that's where... Um, a Kentucky coffee tree. Um, we do have buckeyes that they're starting to plant. Um, I've seen a few different newer uh, species, like um, a, a new type of elm that I hadn't seen around before. Um, some of these trees we may have seen as more exotic in the past are starting to be more prominent, and that's due to our, our, our climate's different just in the last five years. I mean, we've gotten a lot hotter, a lot drier. We're looking at a new place than we were a decade ago. Um, so a lot of these trees that were brought in are having a hard time. Uh, when it comes to evergreens, uh, Colorado blue spruce, although it's got the name Colorado, it belongs at a higher elevation. Um, we are bringing those in for evergreens, Austrian pines, scotch pines, um, you know, different varieties of the blue spruce dependent on size. Now, do you have any trouble with the blue spruce as far as fungal issues? Because in the east, blue spruce are getting devastated by uh, some kind of fungal issue. Yeah, we have the Ips beetle, and it's a major issue uh, further north from Denver, uh, Fort Collins. Um, and that's a, a big problem. We've always had an issue with the Ips beetle, I think, because of how hot and dry the trees are. 
you add a stressor, you start seeing more insects. Uh, they've just had a blow up of that. Um, so honestly, that may not be an appropriate planting for that far up north right now. I, I want to go back to the Kentucky coffee tree because that's a underused tree out here, but people that do plant it, and I, I uh, work with one nursery that just loves Kentucky coffee tree. Uh, what do you like about it? Is it its toughness or do you like the way it looks? Um, I think when you put it in the ground, it looks like a stick for the first four years. Um, it doesn't have a, a great curb appeal. Um, once it grows into itself, though, yeah, I mean, they've, they, they look good. They look full. Um, the hardiness of them, I think it's the appeal. Uh, the pods are messy, but they have the espresso version, which um, doesn't have pods. So it's a podless version that I started seeing a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good shade tree once it grows into itself. Yeah. And of course the Buckeye tree out here, it grows easy. And, you know, we've got basically two different species, one with a white conical flower and the other one with kind of a red conical flower. Uh, mm -hmm. and when they bloom and they're mature, that's a beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. That's a great tree. Any of these flowering shade trees, which we don't have a lot, um, in Colorado, any of these larger flowering shade trees are always great to see. Uh, primarily, we're looking at pears and crab apples in the spring, and that's about it. So it's nice to see something up there. But like I said, these are, are a, a newer planting, so we're not seeing. We don't have a lot of mature ones out there yet. You know, um, there are some, but not a, not a lot yet. Jay, before I let you go. Talk a little bit about the best parts of your job, about these relationships with clients. And you touched on it a little bit, but tell me a little bit about the fun part of that, of dealing with people. Yeah. You know, diagnosing and helping someone out with a tree concern, um, especially when we can get there early enough, it's pretty rewarding. Um, you know, we can't always help out with the issue. But more often than not, uh, it's something that with the proper education, uh, we can set up a program that usually starts with, in Denver, fertilization and just watering, and then uh, mitigate a lot of these issues. Um, seeing the same clients year after year after year, you start to build a relationship. And, and I sort of take ownership over some of the trees on some of these properties, some of the larger commercial properties I sort of consider my trees. <laughs> um, and so when people don't want to do stuff uh, that's going to promote the health of their trees, it can get a little bit frustrating because uh, you want what's best and you almost just want to go do it <laughs> when, when you consider it your tree. But, um, you know, those relationships, especially year after year after year, visiting the same property, getting to know the property and, and the, the trust of the client, knowing that you're their tree guy. You know. Well, Jay, I'm going to leave it right there. That's good stuff. And boy, my hat's off to you, you know, uh, that sounds like a tough climate to grow in, but I know you're doing a good job for all those people. Thanks again for spending some time with us, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you much, Doug. I appreciate you having me on again. Well, every climate has its own set of challenges, doesn't it? Now, tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I am your host, Doug Oster, and do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. And do not miss next week's show. It's the first of two parts with Davies Turf Specialist, 
Zane Roddenbush, and we're doing a deep dive on getting the lawn in shape for summer. Hey, do you have an idea for a show or a comment? Send me an email to podcasts, that's plural, at Davey.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y.com. Getting lots of good ideas there. And as always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. <laughs>